0: Welcome to the world of music. Discover new music. Do you want to be the first to know? Pay attention. This is Dash Daily Discovery with DJ Harper.
1: Well, welcome in. My name is DJ Hoppe. Very excited to have Johnny Gates here with me in studio. Johnny, how you doing, man? Good, man. It's good to be here. I'm glad to glad to have you in. We've got uh, some songs that we want to play from you, and you've got a new project that uh, we're here to talk about. Not a burnt CD.
2: Yeah, man. That's the uh, the title <laughs> of the EP. Right. Yeah.
1: I was looking through the press release that I I kind of had to keep like. You know, I love that because you have to really read it. Yeah. Otherwise, I was like, wait, what? This guy's is still pressing CDs? What's up with this guy?
2: Well, that, I'm, like, I'm hoping this record doesn't end up being a burnt CD. I feel like on tour, you know, it's like we're always hustling. Yeah. Burnt CDs will be in the van, like literally burning as we drive, you know, mm. just trying to sell at shows that night. So I'm trying to do this one like the proper pro way. yes. So but we'll see what happens. Are, are people still <laughs> consuming CDs? Are there people that are out there? Is there a demand for that still? I mean, my mom and dad. Right, no, um, yeah, sure. And it shows. I feel like that's when like, when we really do hustle CDs, like it's usually at shows. Like I feel like t-shirts and CDs, but. Mm. Um, and you, you
1: still think CDs are still selling at shows? ah uh, yeah i mean like i've People noticed Want a physical thing
2: more artists have been starting to do vinyl which yes. i think is really cool yeah. Yeah. um and hopefully like with this too we can do a run of vinyl too i mean that'd be awesome but um yeah the,
1: the only thing that i would say is i mean the tough part about vinyl is it's really heavy yeah like to, to be able to like you know run around with on tour and stuff like that and then it's also uh you know subjected to the elements oh like yeah you can't, totally. you can't keep vinyl in a hot van. Yeah, dude. I mean, well.
2: it's the road is tough, you right, know all that right. stuff, and it's like, so we try to hustle. I mean, t-shirts, whatever we t-shirts, can yeah, at the right, merch right, table. Right. But um, yeah, CDs. I feel like it's sad to say, like I think they're they're officially it's officially done,
1: man. I yeah. mean, the unfortunately, unfortunately, I guess. I mean, for, it's progress, but you know, my car doesn't even have a CD player. I know my computer doesn't have a CD drive. Like yep. you know, like there's very few places in which I can actually. Plays a CD, even if it's somebody that I really like and want to support, it's like, man, I just don't have any way to play yeah. this thing anymore.
2: So that's the yeah. thing. It's like with Not A Burnt CD, it's even kind of a representation of just like where we are. Because, you mm-hmm. know, now, because like right. pla- platforms like Dash, yeah. I mean, like we're really like hustling with Spotify and stuff. Yep. Like we've been getting some playlists and all that stuff. So it's like it's definitely a representation of like where we are, like where we're where going. the game is at. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. but. I'm sure there's gonna be a point where I'm gonna be somewhere burning a blank seed to like make some gas money at yeah. a show that night. So
1: the one nice thing I I do like about CDs is the fact that you could actually create those yourself. Like you were mentioning, like you for can sure. actually burn a CD down yeah. versus you can't really press vinyl yourself. It's yeah. a lot harder to do that
2: for sure, and it's um, like pretty pricey, and it's yeah. like, but it's um it's wild like how many collectors and like we're Mm. like right outside of a cool record store right down the street um that's kind of blew up yeah yeah vinyl sales are up a ton yeah and it's so it's cool I mean like I've never done that Mm. you know um and even this project right now it's like my first solo thing um with my band it was very like DIY Mm. you know so we'd be um we would have like a system set up like in the motel room we're literally like i would be burning it's like a factory that's like what it was assembly and like, line literally it was an assembly line and we'd yeah. like hand it off to like my drummer and he'd like stamp it and then the guitar <laughs> player would like put it in like the little jewel case thing right. <laughs> we'd be at some like crappy hotel um hey man
1: you gotta do what you gotta do to yeah, get it out there yeah. you know
2: you need whatever it takes yeah you know? for sure but um but yeah it'd be cool if we could get to some vinyl on this one
1: yeah i mean i feel like it would be very appropriate this is not a burnt CD yeah. on vinyl. This is vinyl. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love yeah. it. Um, tell me a little bit about this journey of yours, man, because uh, you grew up in Providence, Rhode Island, which yeah. I don't know a lot of people from Rhode Island. I mean, you're one of one of the few that I've I've met in my life that's from Rhode Island. Cool. Um, and then going from that to then you spent some time in Nashville and then now here in L.A., what's What's this journey been like for you? Yeah,
2: I mean, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's been a long one. I feel like I've taken the scenic route this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um, Providence, yeah, there's not too many of us. I think even in total, population-wise, it's like under a million people mm. in Rhode Island total. right? Um, so yeah, Providence, great music scene, though. I mm. mean, like, we grew up doing, like, kind of grew out, like, in the suburbs, you know? But, like, surprisingly, there were a lot of, like, pop-punk bands and, like, emo bands. So we were kind of, like, thrown into that scene. We'd cool. be playing it, like... VFW halls. We would basically like rent out a VFW hall mm. and sell tickets at the door and all the bands would like split the money. You know? That's, that's cool. Is that still going on? I don't know. I hope so. Right. I right. hope so. You know? Mm. But it was definitely like the way we came up. And um, from there, we started to um, like kind of open up for bands in Providence. So then what was cool with us was that um, our first manager was like the main promoter in Providence. and mm. It was kind of like our first break because he would be booking shows uh, for like Paramore and Bayside and like all these big bands and he would put us on as the opener. Right. So it was sick. Like we get to open up for Paramore a few times when they came through and like all these big bands, you know? Yeah. And so then like our fan base kind of like blew up a little bit. And so we started to tour and do that whole thing. Um, and that's kind of when we needed to make the decision where it was like, all right, do we want to like keep doing this? Do we want to make a jump? You know, mm. because at the time we're like making our own records, like I was saying, you right. know, um, right. And that's when, man, it was weird. Like I was kind of hanging out in, in Rhode Island and I heard uh, Taylor Swift on the radio for the first time. Huh. And she was on a show like this, like doing it. She was like talking about her first single coming out. It was that Tim McGraw song. Huh. And I don't even know why I was even listening to like a country station. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, it was weird. Right. Right. Um, and they played it. And I'm just like, this is weird. Like her voice is kind of pop, but mm. like there's like mandolins and acoustic guitars in the background. And I was just like, I wonder who's doing this record. And I just Googled it and, um, her producer's name popped up and I looked at his website and he had an email address. Mm. So I was like, I'm going to email this guy just, yeah. just to, cause like, I didn't know who Taylor Swift was. Sure. You know? Sure. So I emailed him and I was like, Hey man, me and my band are going to be in Nashville meeting with some record labels and stuff. And like, we were not like, that
1: was like, <laughs> that was a lie. total lie. Right, lie. Right, like, right. I'm sorry. You know, um, <laughs> But that was a little white lie. That was a little yeah. white lie. Yeah, yeah, you know, I had to right. do
2: something, right. And um, but he took the bait, you know, and he wrote us back, and we literally drove to Nashville like two days later.
1: Huh? Yeah. And met with his, met with this producer. Yeah, and they worked on some records.
2: Yeah. So we like called him once we got to Nashville. We're like, "Yo, man, we're we're in Nashville." And then he was like, "Come by the house." We showed up at the house. We had all of our equipment, and so we played a show for him in his living room
0: in nice. East Nashville.
2: Yeah, and then. Um, it was cool because it was kind of perfect timing because like as we were doing that Taylor blew up mm. like overnight basically right Um. so then we moved to Nashville and I started making music with Nathan uh, Nathan Chapman and then from there it was like we had this little like we had three songs and dude I was working at like the mall during the day <sighs> yeah, right and I'd be going to his house at night to right. write and then um, it just one thing led to another and it ended up on the desk of uh, Craig Kalman at Atlantic yeah yeah And, uh, Craig like flew us up to New York to showcase. And dude, we were like within, I mean, it happened like the next day they offered a deal. And then like our band was like on Atlantic, like a couple weeks later, it was really quick. Right. Right. And so then that started our whole like Nashville, like journey, Mm -hmm. which was, uh, we were in Nashville for like six or seven years. And like, we were talking about before the show, like that city has gone through such a transformation, you know?
1: Right. Completely oh. different Nashville than it was Dude, before, yeah, right?
2: it's nuts. I mean, like when I first moved there, it was just like songwriter town, right. you know? And it right. was kind of town. Cool. Right. Yeah, it town. was a town, right. totally. Yeah. And like you would go to these like little weird bars mm. and you'd hear like a song that you knew. Right. But you're like, this isn't that person singing it. right? But it would be like the writer sure.
0: playing it, right. you know? And right. it was like, right. it was
2: so cool. And I mean, what is cool about Nashville is that like as kind of glossy and like fancy as it and, and hip as it's become it's deep down like it's still that town sure and i feel like it will always be like a songwriting hub mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i feel like like when i moved to nashville man my songs were like five minutes long and like they had no structure and i feel mm-hmm. like it that Nash- shape you totally yeah. like it yeah. totally opened me because i started doing the whole co-writing thing mm-hmm. so it'd be like every day five days a week you know i was like had co-writes booked and, like, these people really helped me, like, learn how to write a proper song and, like, structure and all that kind of stuff. Like, what a hook is and all that. It's like
1: going to school.
2: Totally went was. To school in Nashville. Totally yeah. was. Like, yeah. we didn't we didn't go to college, you right. know? Right. um So, when we went down there, like, we learned so much. Mm. And I feel like, still to this day, like, I, I, you know, I try to carry that with me in sessions and, like, when I'm writing by myself or whatever. so right. Yeah.
1: Right. Um, tell us a little bit more about how, then, this project has come together now so for sure. um you know and then I want to play I want to play cliche actually
2: Okay, yeah cool. so with this project yeah like I said it's my first solo venture um and the way it happened was we were in Nashville for a while and then it's weird it kind of happened to us like the thing when like you know when you you have a favorite band and like they haven't put out a record for a while right. and then they slowly break up and All you're right. like what happened and you're like oh that band like what and like that happened. It just started to happen to us. Sure. It's you know? a natural
1: thing that happens. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's like, especially when you get thrown into like the music industry, you know? Um, we started looking around and we we're like, damn, like this is like what happened to all of our favorite bands is like <laughs> happening to us, you know? Right. So so we were like, maybe we need a fresh start as a band. And so we kind of like left all of our situations in Nashville, which it was it was on good terms with everybody. Um And we're like, well, let's move to L.A. Let's move to Hollywood. Let's do Mm -hmm. that. Mm. (laughs) And then uh, we came out here and that's when I actually ended up doing The Voice. Uh. So, uh, which was like very like a random occurrence because I had never even like watched the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right. But I was like, I had just moved to L.A. and I was like, yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then after that, we, the band, I don't know, it was just kind of like, I think they were kind of sick of living in LA. They wanted to kind of go back to Nashville, mm. but I was digging it out here and I started to write a bunch of songs on my own. So we were just kind of like, let's take a break, you know? Right. So they moved back to Nashville and I stuck it out out here. And that's when I started to kind of be like, maybe I, sh- maybe I can do this on my own, you mm-hmm. know? So then I just started to write and write and write and play around town, especially the spots like Hotel Cafe, right. like all around Hollywood, you know? And then I started to get a bunch of songs together, hit up a buddy of mine that we used to write together. And um, this dude, Dave LaBrell. And I remember we like met for coffee in Burbank. And I'm like, I think I want to do my own EP. Yeah. And he's like, well, send me some demos, you know, because I was doing demos like in my apartment. And then uh, he was like, dude, yeah. He's like, we should do, we should record some songs. So we started to record. And one of them was was cliche. And we were kind of looking around at each other. And we're like, all right, we need to start Putting this stuff out, you know, and that's mm-hmm. when I met my manager too. um At the same time, and then we were just started to like work on stuff together.
1: It all comes together.
2: Yeah, very randomly. Yeah. Like I said, it's been yeah, it's been like the long way. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I'm so happy about the project right now. Yeah, and I feel like it's kind of all like it's cheesy to say, but I feel like it's kind of led to this. Yeah, you know, no, it has. It definitely has.
1: Yeah. Um, tell me more about the song Cliche, and then I want to play it here.
2: Cool. Um, yeah, cliche. The story was, um, so I was dating this girl and, um, she lived back home in Rhode Island. You know, okay. Yeah. And, uh, so we were, we were trying to do like the long distance thing, but then like it didn't really work out, but she still had a trip. She booked a trip to come out to LA and the trip was for after we broke up, but she took the trip anyway.
1: Ah. And so. And, and did you meet up with her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So okay. that, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was very cliche of me right. to do, and then um, we hung out for like a couple of days. Okay, and then I remember like I started to kind of get like the feels again. Oh yeah. And so she had this like Airbnb down the street, like in West Hollywood, and then I remember like both of us were kind of like, "What are we doing?" And she's like, "Like we're in this driveway," and she's like, "You know, we 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 should only be friends. We need to just be friends." And I'm just like, "This is so." cliche like in my head it kept hitting me mm. like what what am i doing mm. and so then i went home like immediately and wrote started writing you know because i had that title on my head mm. then i remember i ended up like recording that night and even like the vocal on the track is like from that night
1: this is the the original vocal yeah yeah
2: and i remember like waking up i, I may have been a little buzzed that night i don't know <laughs> um being like is this even good right and then i sent it to dave my producer and he was like, we should we should work on this. Nice. But we kept the vocal because it was like real, raw. you know, and super raw. Yeah. Right. yeah. So uh, that's where cliche came from. Nice. Nice.
1: Yeah. And what ended up happening? We just were friends. Stayed <laughs> friends. Yeah. Stayed friends. Yeah. Kept, kept to that. Yep. Kept it cliche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Um, all right. We're going to get into this. Uh, Johnny Gates hanging out with me here in studio on Dash Radio. Don't go m- anywhere. More with him in just a few. This is his song. Cliche right here on Dash.
0: So, oh, oh, oh Cliché I drum, oh Discover new music and new artists. Dash Daily Discovery with DJ Hopper.
1: Johnny Gates is here. We are talking uh, relationships, actually. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> we are talking about uh, this relationship that uh, ended up inspiring that last song, Cliche, and uh, just, you know, attempting to do the long distance thing, discovering that that is difficult to do. Definitely deciding difficult. to be friends instead. Yep. Um,
2: and <laughs> yes. It's it's difficult, man. Yeah, and like we were saying, we were talking about the road and all. It's, it's just like it's it's when I think, like we were saying, like when you can make it work, it's the it's the coolest thing because you get to sure. experience like the country together. Right. But um, when it's not working and you're on the road, like fighting in like a Burger King parking lot on the phone. <laughs> You're just like, what the hell am fun, I doing? Fun yeah. times. Yeah. Fun times
1: fighting in the Burger King parking yeah, lot. Yeah, no one wants that. Yeah, no, nobody wants that. On, uh, by the way, uh not to give Burger King uh, an extra plug here, but oh, yeah. have you seen this whole thing of like a hundred chicken nuggets for $10? I have seen Burger that, yeah, King? like in the
2: big thing. Like, yeah, yeah, what yeah. is that? I right know, I'm in. Let's go do that yeah, after. But yeah. like,
1: <laughs> what? A 100. I think that's the best deal on the planet right yeah. now.
2: Yeah. I mean, that could feed a band like we could we, easily every night. It yeah. Could feed,
1: it the crew. could feed the band and the crew. Yeah.
2: And the fans for 10
1: bucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It sounds like a good deal. It sounds like a good, uh, middle of the night drunk party. Definitely. Food. Like somebody quick, Uber eats a Burger King.
2: Boom. Back to the apartment. Pack. Let's yeah. just go for it. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a <laughs> And they just idea. pass out. Yeah. And feel horrible the next day. Yeah, exactly. And feel
1: absolutely horrible the yeah. next day. Um, you have put out this project um, that you were talking about that you're very excited about. Um, not a burnt CD. You were talking about possibly putting out vinyl for this thing, too. Yeah. Um, and you've, you've done this also where you've put out some singles. We live in such a singles world. Um, to put out a full project, tell me a little bit about the thought process behind putting together an EP, because obviously like everybody is so hungry for singles these days. And to put out a project, what inspired the full project versus just letting these things live as singles?
2: For sure. Um, I think it's just a lot of like looking at the artists. I kind of look up to Mm. guys like Ryan Adams. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's such like, like an idol of mine, you know, Mm. I've always kind of like looked up to him as an artist and as a writer and a producer. And it's like, I look back at him and especially like that heartbreaker record, that first one, the solo one. And it's just like, it's such an iconic album. Mm. And I feel like it's cool because there are a bunch of B sides on there, you know, and it's like songs that aren't singles that are probably like people's favorite songs. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, yes, the singles thing is awesome because it's like, you can Go on Spotify, and it's like, yeah, you want to try to get on those playlists because that's awesome, and you reach so many new listeners. You want to get on shows like this, you right. know, because and you can't put a whole album out on, you know, you guys aren't everyone can't be blasting out a whole album, sure. you know. Right. Um But if you can put out a single and have someone maybe hear it and be like, okay, I'm I into this, more. yeah, right. and then go out and, and find the record and find like maybe these like slower songs that aren't necessarily singles, but like. There are ways for a fan to maybe connect to me more as an artist, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was totally like I wanted to do the full project because I grew up listening to records, you know, like right. full records. Right. Um, and so I kind of wanted to be a, be a part of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, there's something to be said about that. And for anybody who is possibly listening to the show and hasn't had that experience, I mean, I absolutely encourage you to just find an album of it. Like find a, find a single that you like and then listen to the f- full album that it belongs to if it belongs to an album because Definitely. there is nothing like that. I mean, and I think oftentimes a big part of the reason why we have this show and why we have this platform is to be able to share some of these stories and some of the insight behind that. And I think that's one of the things that you get with an album that you then obviously don't get with a single. Like sure. you're only getting this one perspective, this one song And you're not getting the other dimensions of what the artist is trying to share.
2: Totally. It'd be like going on and and like Netflix or whatever and like watching a TV series. Right. And it's a season long show, but like you only watch the first episode. Right. You know? Right. Or the fourth one. Yeah. Just random stuff. Just a a random fourth one. So what's cool about a body of work, like a record, is that like it really is a moment in time of this artist. So Mm -hmm. it's like, especially with them, like writing and Mm -hmm. like they're so in the moment for this one project you know however long it took like if it was like six months or whatever but it's like so much went into that record like just even talking about like guitar tones and what you want the drums to sound Mm -hmm. like so it's like it's kind of cool to dive in and be like okay where was this artist at in their life for like this year you know and i think you truly get that with a with a record whether it's an ep or an album or whatever it's like but a body of work you know yep i would agree with that yeah um
1: Well, I want to uh, end everything by playing your track Brooklyn Masses um, or uh, uh, Brooklyn Knights. Brooklyn Knights. I have it labeled wrong here. Brooklyn Knights. Sorry. Cool. Um, And yeah, I want to play Brooklyn Knights, which is also you've released as a single as well. Yeah.
2: So that one just came out. Yeah. So that's the newest one. Cool.
1: Um, And I want to play that. But before we do, uh, tell me a little bit more about what you've got coming up here.
2: For sure. So um, we're doing so we have cliche out. We put Brooklyn out there's a video coming out too for Brooklyn, which is cool. We did like a full blown music video in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Right? Yeah. Nice. We did it like legit in Brooklyn and basically like through a sick house party that like literally turned into a party. So it's cool. <laughs> and then, um, we're going to do another single. Yeah. Uh, this song called baseball, which is like one of my favorite songs. And, um, then we're going to put out the EP. Nice. So then it's, Basically time to get back on the road because yeah. I feel like for me, like I always look at music as like a very like I, don't know, I like to look at it as like a working class kind of thing. Like I like to be out on the road working. So um, that's definitely like the goal for next year. Is to like basically we took the year off this year to just write and record mm-hmm. and get this music together. The next year, I hopefully get back on the road, push the music, meet people and then um, start working on another project. So nice. that'd be cool.
1: Nice, man. Um, well, I appreciate you stopping by. And uh, bringing by some of this new music and getting a chance to share some of your stories. Um, Tell us a little bit more about Brooklyn Nights before we play, other than it was a house party. Tell us about the vibe of the record.
2: Yeah, so with Brooklyn, um, this was the first song I wrote for the project. Okay. And it it was even before I was doing a solo thing. It was just um, the first song that I had really written by myself and like a long before, like, you know, I was living at home in my room. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's basically about like, I grew up in Providence and then me and this one girl that I was dating we would um before I moved to Nashville we would always go down to Brooklyn and New York and we would just kind of be like oh we're gonna live here like once we're (laughs) like you know once we finally leave home and do that whole thing Right. and then um didn't work out I ended up moving to Nashville she moved up to Boston and then um I don't know we were back in the city playing a show and then I went to Brooklyn just walked around first time without her felt different, looked different, huh. sounded different, right I just I don't know the whole thing felt different, right. then went back to the venue and just started like sitting in the green room, like writing a song, you know, huh. and um it turned out to be Brooklyn nights, and then we would like play it as a band like at shows and stuff, and people just dug it. so then when I started to kind of think about doing a solo thing, I was like, well Brooklyn Knights has to be there right um. So then we just, yeah, we recorded it and like really took a lot of time on this one. to hmm. make sure like the guitar tone was right. And we even stuck like a cool like Subway sound. You can hear a Subway going by a couple oh, nice. times like throughout okay. the song. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, I mean, this was like, like I said, it was like the, the first one that I really wrote for the project. So um, I'm, I'm happy that it's out there and people are hearing it. And yeah, it's been doing well. So it's cool.
1: Nice, man. Nice. Well, uh, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate everybody for tuning in, as always, to Daily Discovery. Uh, we're going to end things with Johnny Gates' record, Brooklyn Nights, right here on Dash Radio. But before we do, I'd just like to say this in signing off. Music is life, and life is good. Everybody, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one. Here it is. Johnny Gates, Brooklyn Nights, right here on Dash
0: These Brooklyn nights Just ain't the same No city lights You do it all and new artists dash daily discovery with dj hopper